So um, this is Harold Goldberg, from the editor-in-chief of the New York Video Game Critics Circle. Uh, you often see my stuff in the Washington Post, sometimes the New York Times, but uh, this we have a story today that's uh, very deep and uh, tragic, and I didn't really want uh, an editor to, uh, to cut any of it. So... Um, the tragedy in Ukraine grows by the day, and uh, many citizens have died and been injured due to Russia's bombing. And thousands of businesses and homes have been bombed or burnt, and almost two million people have been forced to leave the country. Elena Lobova is a game industry executive who has been forced to leave her home in Kiev, too. So this is Elena's story. Elena, this is not actually the first time you've had to pack up your life into one suitcase and leave your home due to bombing. Uh, can we begin in perhaps in 2014 uh, when you had to you had to leave as well? Yeah, yeah, okay, of course. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. And um, I'd really love people all around to hear the story about what's going on in Ukraine, because I receive many messages of support every day from people from all around the world. And uh, many of them don't really understand what really is going on. Uh, but uh, as you said, uh, let's, let's go back to 2014. Um, I'm Elena. I'm, I've been in the gaming industry for over 10 years, uh, but my industry career started in Lugansk, my hometown in the eastern Ukraine. It's an industrial city and people who live there are hardworking, straightforward and entrepreneurial. I was born and raised there and um, I studied there and uh, I joined the game development outsourcing company called iLogos in 2011. It was quite small business back then and we were quite young. I became a COO in the age of 21. Our founder and CEO was 23, so we were just young and uh, entrepreneurial and we were eager to try different things. There were just maybe two or three game development companies in our city and one of those was our company. We managed to grow it several times over the years. So uh, by 2014, uh, the company already had offices in some other cities of Ukraine, but the main office, the heart of the company was still in Lugansk, where we had over 100 people. Uh, 120 or so. So in 2014, when the situation started escalating in Lugansk, um, we thought it would be a good idea to relocate our employees to the safer cities. And of course, it's not an easy task to relocate 100 people with their families and uh, also to convince some of them because when things are starting slowly, uh, some people still didn't believe that that there will be a real war and um, real shootings and so on. So we had to convince everybody, talk with them and help them and their families. Uh, we told all of them it was temporary because that's what we believed in back then. 
Unfortunately, many of these families never came back to Lugansk and uh, me included. I came back only once. And uh, also, like when I left Lugansk in 2013, uh, I went on a business trip to Dnipro. It's a city in, uh, <clears throat> in the middle of Ukraine. And uh, my mom called me and said, uh, maybe don't come back and uh, go to Kiev. I had boyfriends in Kiev. So she said, why don't you go and uh, visit your boyfriend after this trip, this trip instead of coming back? And I knew something was happening. I came back after that, but there was already war and explosions. I wanted to convince my mom to come with me. She was sick. Unfortunately, she died later of cancer. Uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. So, so, so uh, I came back and I also helped some of our remaining employees to relocate and to pack their stuff. But it was just like, too scary with all the explosions and shootings. And uh, I decided to leave Lugansk as well. Um, and, and Elena, uh, just as for history's sake, uh, in 2014, Russia invaded Crimea and also the eastern portion of um, Ukraine. So, yes. um, and you said, I believe that your office was bombed as well. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So our our office, one of our offices in Lugansk was a, a two-story brick building in the city center, just five minutes walk from my home. We all really loved this building. And um, after we left, in a couple of weeks, probably I got a call from our CEO uh he asked uh, lena do we have any important documents left in the office and i was like uh, no i don't think so why and he said uh, we don't have an office anymore so the, this is how i found out that the bomb hit hit the office and it burned to the ground uh but my my, my first thought was thank god it was sunday and there was no one in the building and my second thought was thank god it was not my home which was five minutes walk or any other residential home. So like we didn't think much about uh, the building or our computers or our other property stayed there. Of course, the main uh, important thing was and still is for all of us, uh, human life. So as long as nobody was injured during this, I like, didn't even cry too much over it. But yeah, of course, it's 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 also um, something that we have to I don't know sacrifice to war, maybe. But yeah, uh, hopeful. Uh, thankfully, all our employees were intact, and uh, they were in in the other cities. And um, you moved. Uh, you moved then to Kiev, and yeah. uh, how did you begin again? Okay, so we moved to Kiev and uh, luckily uh, we, all our clients from abroad uh, continued to work with us and uh, many of them, despite of this uh, tough situation, gave us more work. So we were able to hire more people and grow 
even more and bigger of course the like the situation the moods even in the office were not very cheerful because uh, at some point we lost connection we lost uh, this uh, like reception with um <clears throat> with, with lugansk and uh, most of us couldn't uh, get in touch with their relatives so it was quite 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 nervous everybody was nervous and when somebody could get in touch we asked them to about the other people about the other streets the other houses are they still standing and so on uh, but yeah we were able to start over and uh, start new lives uh, where we moved and uh, i worked in this company for a few more years in kiev and after this i left and um, i started my own business in 2017 and uh, we are helping indie developers from all around the world uh, find investors, publishers, and pitch their games. Uh, the company that I co-founded, GDBay, is a global network for game developers, and we also organize global pitching events. It, 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 we work internationally, so like there are over five, 50 uh, countries represented at our events, and actually like I know that many of them don't even know that the entire team is in Ukraine. So when the situation started, like many of uh, our attendees and um, our clients and customers didn't even know that we were here. And Elena, I think you even uh, had Warren Spector on at one point uh, as part of. Uh, uh, what, what did you? What did Warren do? And what? What was that a? a convention or a festival of some sort or okay it's 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 uh, it was actually not the conference that i organized i was uh, just hosting a fireside chat with with him he participated in uh, devgam it's uh, also one of the biggest uh, events in eastern europe organized by my close friends uh and uh I had a fireside chat with, with him. I really like this format of fireside chat when you can ask person about their professional career, about the games that we all love. And uh, I also had some other cool people as guests before at this type of uh, chats. And um, Warren was definitely one of my favorite guests. He's great. He, he actually grew up on... Uh... The Lower East Side here in New York City. So uh, he's uh, he likes to talk about living with his mom, growing up uh, downtown here. Um, so, what you obviously created and helped create a couple of awesome businesses. Um, what between twenty. 14 and you know a couple of weeks ago what was your life like um you worked hard i know that just from seeing you on social media but what was your life like um beyond the work what is kiev like uh before this um it seems like a beautiful country but i'd like to hear it from from, from your words yeah okay of course 
well, before the pandemic, I traveled a lot internationally, but just as everyone else, uh, during the pandemic, I was locked in in Ukraine and it actually forced me in a way. And I'm very grateful to the pandemics for this, to travel around my own country a bit. Uh, and uh, I saw some places that I've never seen before. Uh, Ukraine really is big. And uh, if somebody still <laughs> if somebody still doesn't know, you can just see it on the map. Many people are surprised how big Ukraine actually is. We have mountains, we have the sea line, we have uh, different types of landscapes. Uh, Kiev is amazing city. It's a big city. There are over five million people live there, and um, it, it it became more and more uh, lively and happening over the years. Uh, sometimes I could leave Kyiv for like one month and came back and couldn't recognize some places because there were always some new places emerging. There was a lot of entrepreneurship, uh, a lot of people who opened new co-working spaces, new uh, like clubs, new restaurants and so on. Some people who visited Kyiv from abroad uh, said it's a new Berlin because we had a huge youth culture, techno culture, and uh, very, you know, freedom loving mindset. Uh, yeah, people in Kiev and in Ukraine in general, uh, they love freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of self expression. And you can see it when you when you arrive in the city. As for my life in Kiev, uh, of course, I worked online, I worked at home. Uh, but I tried to leave home every day at least once to go to gym, uh, either to on functional training or yoga. I really like it and it helps me to balance my mind and my body. Uh, and also the new gyms that opened just during the last couple of years are amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are, there were so many things happening. I just, I, yesterday, uh, I, I like when I left Kiev, I only had one hoodie with me and I, I, I had to go and buy some clothes here. And uh, I at some point I just started crying because, of course, my life is now not in danger, so I can cry over the other things. And because I said that we had so many amazing fashion designers in Kiev and they were so cool they were so creative and they did so many cool stuff and i don't even know what's happening to them and to their businesses and like to their lives now i was really really proud of our fashion scene and restaurant scene and i was one of my favorite things to do was to bring uh, someone from abroad and show them kiev um yeah. i had some uh, cool routes that I liked especially, some places that I wanted everyone to see, some dishes that I wanted everyone to try. Um, so yeah, so again, coming back to my life, it was mainly work and sports and friends going out. On Sundays, I usually visited my godson, Mark, who just turned one year old in, 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 in November. Uh, so yeah, this little guy also had to leave Kiev by the sounds of sirens and explosions and it really Elena, this sounds great i mean it's it sounds like uh, 
a, a good full life uh, full of friends and family and uh, and art and uh, things like that um when did you decide to leave okay so uh that situation escalated in kiev i actually decided to leave on wednesday it was february 23 even before that the war started uh so i thought like i'd rather go somewhere outside of ukraine and stay there for a while so i booked a ticket to the airplane on friday february 25 but i was never able to use it because at night uh, from february 23 to february 24 i woke up at 5 a.m uh because of the sounds of explosions and of course our air was closed and uh it was like super scary i live alone back in kiev and of course i was scared and i started texting my friends and i knew that those explosions were not just you know regular sounds of construction or something because i've heard this kind of things in lugansk and um, my cousin was awake too and she told me to come back to her so i grabbed a couple of bags happily i already packed something for my trip on friday but of course no clothes no nothing like that only the like essentials documents and some memorabilia from childhood just in case the things that i'm not prepared to lose emotionally what do, what kind of personal memorabilia did you did you take i have a toy that my grandma gave me uh, when i was three years old and uh, i brought this toy from lugansk to kiev and of course i couldn't leave it in kiev it's the only memorabilia of grandma that i have and also it's my mother's and my father's wedding rings because all of them are already dead as well so like this this kind of stuff the gift from your grandmother is a stuffed animal right? yes it's a yeah it's a rabbit yeah cool um so you left did you leave begin to leave with friends how did you get out okay so the first day was just 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 a mess we were all uh very panicking and many people were leaving and that's why the roads were jammed and uh i realized that it doesn't make sense to leave anymore it, like it makes sense to leave the next day at least and uh so like we, i was in touch with some friends uh who had cars because i don't own a car and i don't drive uh, and so i needed someone to pick me up and uh, we were deciding whether we should leave and when and even the next day uh there was a curfew and it was introduced on the day one until uh, 7 a.m and at 6 30 a.m we were uh, texting each other of course it was a sleepless night and uh, we were texting each other and trying to decide whether we should leave or should we stay because there were sirens again there were explosions again they seemed quite distant but again you never know and uh so so my instincts were telling me to stay inside in between like two uh, big walls and to just like not go anywhere like never but uh my ratio told me that it's gonna be worse and it will be more complicated to leave later so i either stay and i or, or go now 
and uh, I knew that I would be more helpful to my country if I leave. If I'm not in this terrified state, I can then help uh, like raise donations for army and for Red Cross. I can help uh, relocate people because I already got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, requests from my foreign friends. They offer their apartments. They offer uh, like some some work. They offer money. They offer like everything, like some help for 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 refugees. So when, when I, you, I'm sorry to interrupt. When you when you said you weren't sleeping, are you before you left? Is were you? just kind of up all night thinking of like what could be done you know worrying if you could get out um, um just texting your friends constantly and how 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 did it go well it was mainly like the main concern was not really whether i should go out or not uh, the main things that kept us uh, like awake was the worries for our own lives because at any time uh, there was a risk that the bomb will hit this, uh, like uh, any any building, because uh, at first uh, somebody told that they will only hit the military objects, but as soon as the first bomb got in the residential area, we, we knew we were not safe anymore. So of course nobody slept in their beds anymore. They slept either in shelters or in the corridors, uh, and. Uh, we had to put uh, put the tape on on the windows to make sure that they don't like get us injured if if uh, there is a explosion nearby, and uh, it, it's just like you can't sleep. I mean, my my fitness tracker. I was lying on the bed and not moving, and my fitness tracker told me good job. So yeah, it's that's how my heart was racing. And yeah, yeah. So you get in a car and then what happened we went west it was obvious because the enemy was coming from the east and uh, we actually we changed roads on the flight several times we were trying to avoid big cities and uh, military objects and of course we were constantly monitoring the situation the news uh, for example at we were heading to one city and then we received an information that it's not safe anymore. So we just changed uh, the route in, in 10 minutes. And of course, we were Ukraine is big, as I said. And uh, if you go through this like uh, small villages, through the small roads, it takes a lot of time. So of course, we were not able to make it in one day or even two days. So we had to stay somewhere overnight uh, in the central Ukraine and the western Ukraine. And uh, this is when I realized how many amazing and kind people we have because everybody was just super supportive and ready to welcome complete strangers in their houses uh, help them give them warm food and um, allow them to stay until the next day so also it was dangerous to move during the night or during the dark time so we only had this like daylight uh, that we tried to use at uh, some point we arrived in the small village in western ukraine it was close to the border so it was relatively safe some of my friends stayed there because they decided they would rather stay in ukraine and uh, some of my other friends together with me went to moldova first and uh, then to romania 
because Moldova closed air too, so there, it was impossible to, to fly from that. And uh, after that, I arrived in Bratislava a couple of days ago. Um, I decided to come here because I have friends and a uh, very supportive community here. Uh, a lot of them are game developers or IT people, and uh, they offer a lot of help and support to Ukrainians. Uh, also, the government offers a lot of support. You can get this temporary residence and uh, live here until the end of the year, at least. So, yeah, it's it's pretty 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 good choice. Elena, um, can you mention that it was not safe to uh, drive at night? And can you explain what you mean by that? Is that when more of the military action was going on? Yeah, there were mainly, yes, first of all, more military action goes on at night. And uh, secondly, uh, there are always, when there is a war in the country or in the region, and I know that for sure from Lugansk at least, uh, so there are not only military people, but also people who want to somehow take advantage of this. Some are doors uh, and somebody who is uh, attacking the cars. Uh, so it was just dangerous and, and, and scary. So, so just by just generally by virtue of it being dark, um, uh, beyond military fears, um, there could be people out to take advantage of the fact that people were on the move. Right. Yeah. 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 And also, these small uh, village roads, uh, some like most of them, they don't even have lights on the sidewalks, so it just just dark. So it's more it's more dangerous generally to drive yeah, at night, yeah. yeah, because there's no lights. Um, tell me a little bit more about uh, the people you stayed with as you moved uh, through Ukraine. Is is there any one instance of uh, giving or collegiality that you uh, that stuck out to you? Uh, okay, so yeah, it, like I mean. If I could, I'm all all those people who helped me on the road, uh, all all of them. They really, I would give everything I have to them just for for helping me, for helping us. And uh, like one of these things that came to my mind, it's not even a person that I met, but uh, we were going through. Uh, the big truck uh, full of apples and there was a person uh, with a sign uh, apples zero hryvnia so just he was just giving away apples and also there was a shortage of um, of, of gasoline and so some people uh, couldn't uh, some people had extra and they just put it on the road for those who, need, who needed it wow that's that's great because i had heard that the uh, exits at the border of, uh, say, Poland was like 20 or 30 hours to get out, and you would run out of gas in, in a situation like that. Yes, and like, but happily, some people who could, uh, who had this extra gas, and they knew they were about, they had enough to cross the border, and they just put this. Uh, on, on the on the roads for everyone who needed it so it was it, it was quite good uh, but that's true that the the borders were busy 
especially uh, during the first several days. Um, so I actually stayed for in Western Ukraine for a couple of days uh, to wait until the rush fades out. Of course, it was also a risk, but again, like from the rational point of view, uh, as I knew that less and less people are able to leave Kiev and Eastern cities, I knew that like the main, the majority uh, would have left by some point and then and that's what when was the right time to cross the border so and then was the was there a wait at the border uh to slovakia and what was what did it look like there again i i i uh crossed the border of moldova so it was the first oh, moldova. okay okay uh, there was uh, around uh, three and a half it, it took us around three and a half hours but it considers to be a short line nowadays because as you said there are people who were waiting for days for like 24 30 48 hours and what what did you see at the border i mean it seems like when i watch bbc which is what i choose to watch here in, in new york for coverage it it, it you are like every person who is leaving in the sense that everyone has one or two bags with them uh and or a child or you know uh something like that was that what you saw at the border as well yes it was like this and also like yeah when the war started um the country uh our country like declared that uh, they wouldn't let uh, young men from 18 to 60 years old out. So it was very common when uh, there were men driving and then they, they, they just uh, let their wives and kids and like pregnant women to go through the border without them. So it was also heartbreaking uh, when they had to say goodbye and nobody, of course, never knew if they would see each other again. So, yeah, it's 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 quite heartbreaking. What was the first uh, thought you had when you got over the border? Uh, you know, it's not like when I imagined this, I would I thought I would be so relieved and happy. But honestly, I I was not because I was the worst was still happening in Ukraine. And actually during the entire time, I was still doubting uh, if I'm doing the right choice, uh, maybe I'll be more useful here. And uh, I also like oh, every single person I know, every single Ukrainian I know is fighting, but they just fight on their own fronts, informational fronts, uh, they help volunteers, uh, they send humanitarian help, uh, they do something even from abroad, everyone. And uh, I was thinking whether I'll be more useful here or there. And I decided that I'll be more useful when I'm safe. Uh, but still, I was, when I crossed the border, my, my friend met me to bring me to Chisinau and uh, uh, but and uh, we were just like, yeah, we couldn't believe that is happening. We were just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, can you believe it? No, I still can't believe it. And we were sitting, we were driving 
for several hours from the border and constantly continue checking the news and discussing what's going on. Um, yes, the, the safe, physical safety, of course, is, 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 is a great thing and it can't be um, underappreciated. But as long as the war is going on in my country, I will, I will not be able to say that I'm fine. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, I think there's a we when 9/11 happened in, in in here in New York City, um, it, we were just stunned for a pretty long while, like maybe two weeks. Of like, just it was it was you know Manhattan is a place where it's always loud and things are is very we're very quiet. Um, I don't mean to compare 9-11 to what's going on in Ukraine, but when a tragedy like that happens, you kind of don't know how to process really for a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah, but and everybody is, is trying to find their own solution to this. Somebody decides to uh, to fight. Uh, somebody decides to uh, just spread information and uh, volunteer. Uh, somebody works. I know many people who are still working, including my colleagues. Uh, they actually we had we had a game jam on February twenty five to February twenty eight that we conducted. So I, I asked my colleagues and I said, like guys. If we say if we postpone it, nobody would ever say a thing to us. So just like let me know, and they said, no, we want to do it anyway. So we so even, you, even despite what was going on, uh, things kept going as far as the game jam goes. What do you do? You how many? Is that a worldwide game jam or is yes, it in Ukraine? Yes, yes. Yeah. It, was a worldwide it was an online event and of course uh, ukrainian teams not all the ukrainian teams were able to participate but still there were a lot of teams and around 200 participants yeah but the only thing that we had uh, last day is we changed the topic uh, because our um, experts voted for the topic out of the list uh, provided by themselves and uh, they chose a topic, reinvent the shooter. And we didn't want to make anything about shooters. So we decided to select the topic that was in the second place, according to the voting. And uh, this topic was feeling, everything about your feelings, emotional or physical. It seems like the right game at the right time. Yeah. Um, so now what? You're in Slovakia, um, you're in a new apartment. Uh, this is your first day there. Um, what, maybe too soon to ask, but what plans do you have? Okay, so as for short-term plans is to continue helping uh, my fellow Ukrainians and uh, Ukraine as much as I can. Uh, help uh, refugees here. Some of my close people are still not in safety, so I'm coordinating their escape from Ukraine and uh, happy to welcome here, uh, them here. And uh, also 
happy to help other people from game development and not only in game, from game development, uh, also helping with some humanitarian aids and uh, raising donations and uh, different deliveries to Ukraine from other countries. And uh, yeah, that's what I'll be focusing on until this war ends. Of course, I also do some work, but it's secondary. And um, and, and and when it's over, yeah, that's a good question because this like being in a situation like this, you realize that your uh, like you your planning gets like becomes very limited. So. When I was traveling through Ukraine, I only had a plan for the next day, and I even knew it could be changed according to the situation. So now being able to plan for several days in ahead is already a luxury. Uh, so I'm not. Th I don't even think about what what will be next. But I really hope that I'll be able to come back to Kiev and uh, this year at least and uh, participate in rebuilding our city and our country and make it as great and or maybe even better country than it was before the war. Uh, that's like one of the great things because I also try to find positive sides almost in this situation is that we have never been as united as now. Ukrainians, we are different. The country is big and people from East and West and Central Ukraine, they have their differences, they have their disputes, but now we're all united and uh, we are such a powerful nation. I believe we can do almost anything. I think you said something, I mean, a lot of what you said was very deep, but uh, you said one thing that really kind of moved me, the luxury of planning for a few days out. So that is a luxury. It and we, that's something we never, we always take for granted if we're in, not under siege. Right. Yeah. And I think that there is a power to uh, positive thinking and, and thinking um, about what good things uh, may happen. Uh, and I see that that's, that's happening with you and I think uh, a, a lot of Ukrainians as well. So I think all, everyone in Ukraine, including you are kind of like heroes. You know, we look at heroes as people who are sports people or celebrities or you know, sometimes politicians, but it's really people like you and those who are staying or leaving Ukraine who are the real heroes right now. So Elena, uh, I only wish you the best. Uh, I know that you have uh, a Google Doc that uh, people are uh, filling out for donations or game development help. So uh, we will disseminate that as well. And uh, please do keep in touch uh, regarding how you are and, and what you're doing. We're, we're happy to continue to tell your story as time goes on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I, I, I really hope that it's all be over soon. And uh, I really hope that not only Ukrainians, but the whole the whole world will unite in this fight and help us in 
any way they can because it's really not just Ukraine's future on stake. I, I hope so too, Elena. I, I do. And uh, thank you once again. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye bye.